boy, oh man, am I excited to announce this week's guest. Welcome back to Articulate, and this is Steve McJones. This week, we have Trevor Dartmoor. This man, this man has known me since I was a 16-year-old scallywag working back at the ice cream parlor, back in my heyday, back when I peaked. And uh, this, you know, he's like, I think he's like 40-something at this point now. Uh, And he's actually living in California. But at the time, obviously, we were both in Lebanon. Pretty sure he grew up in Lebanon, but we we kind of just hit it off working together because he's just he loves comedy. I like comedy. He's a jackass. I'm a jackass. It just kind of worked out. And uh, you know, after some point, you know, he was making me patty melts and burgers, and I was giving him a fluorescent adolescent vinyl record. So it, it just blossomed into this beautiful thing, and now we have this very genuine relationship where. You know, we we call each other every once in a while, and and we're just honest about where we're at in our lives, and it's great. And he was uh, nice enough to ask to be on my podcast, so I uh, I went ahead and uh, we did a a phone call interview. Not even an interview. We did a a phone call conversation type thing, and unfortunately, I was a little sick. I don't know if you'll hear that or not, but kind of play it off, and always with the phone calls, it's kind of not hard but you just have to figure out your footing with the whole thing so it starts out kind of a little slow but you know and then we kind of get into it and uh it was great Uh, again really open about his uh mental illnesses in general and how they affect everybody how they've affected him so we're both white males right and we figured the best way to come into this topic is from that perspective so we really just wanted to speak on behalf of the underrepresented uh white males in america and uh And, you know, it actually, I mean, we talk about it, but it really can apply to all different sorts of people. And that's just because that's where we're coming from. You know, it it, it really, mental illness is just a a different beast in its own. Mental illness, anxiety and depression don't give a fuck about your race, bro. But for real, so it's a serious topic. And, you know, I obviously don't want to make too, too light of it. But again, Trevor and I have... Uh, comedic background so we we keep it pretty light but also try to get this message across and he tells his personal story about the whole thing it's great uh and i'm rambling at this point so thanks for tuning in i think you're really gonna enjoy this episode and uh i'll meet you at the end of this thing enjoy (laughs) dude it's my busy season every day every day is my day on bro i'm always that's good man you're young that's how it should be (laughs) And I'm, I, and you know, and I'm glad that you're at an age where you can take a Sunday to do what you want, you know. Yeah, I'm pissed off. I got to go to the store to pick up heartburn medication, bro. That's that. <laughs> hey, don't forget the cholesterol medication while you're there. Well, I got plenty of that. <laughs> All right, man. Are you about about ready to get into this? Yeah, man. Whatever. I, I, yeah, uh, I just took a piss, so yeah, I'm good. <laughs> All right, that's the most important part. I always recommend people take a, as much of a piss as they can beforehand. All right, well, yeah, let's get into it then, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, live on air, except uh, you're not in the same room because uh, we're COVID friendly. Uh, Trevor Darmore, uh, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite chef and uh, uh, mentally uh, capable person <laughs> that we're talking to here. How you doing, Neither of those might be true, but I appreciate the introduction. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, you know, I just gave you that fun introduction because it's a good segue into what we're talking about today, right? Um, mental illness. Oh, and... yeah. You, you're, you're having me on to discuss how to bake the perfect potato. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, exactly. I, I know your generation has a real problem with this, so I, yeah, I'm more than happy to get into it. 
I'm oh. th- and I know, especially with this new Snyder cut of this, you know, fancy comic book movie, your generation's very excited about uh, people from my generation taking way too long to describe things. So, no, uh, yeah, well, I just think 45 minutes in an oven just seems excessive. That's too much. That's just way too much for anybody, uh, including myself. Like, it, it, I would rather spend four hours watching the Snyder cut than take 45 minutes to prepare a baked potato. But... That's just my opinion. I would leave me very little hope for the future, but I, but that, that's okay. No, and I want to make sure that all of that's squandered. I want to make sure by the end of this conversation, you know that there's nothing after this. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, how long is this going to take? Because I can throw a potato in the oven real quick here. Oh, um, very good point. Very good point. Um, well, it depends. Uh, how long did your um, your trail to insanity? How long did that take uh, before you well, before you decades? That that was decades. decades. Although. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I, uh, when it comes to my brain, it was it was the same the entire time. But you know, when it, if we're uh, if that was your awful segue to discussing mental health, <laughs> um, then yes, uh, you know, I, I I sort of equate it to you know, if you fall down the stairs and break your head wide open and mm. it's bleeding profusely, uh, you wouldn't put a bandaid on it and say it's okay. You know, you would seek the proper medical attention. And the same is true for a wound when it comes to mental health. Uh, going unchecked, uh, that, that will fester and, and get worse over time. And it's um, sometimes it's unfortunate that it's too late for some people. I'm grateful that while the wound had festered for many, many years, I was able to get the proper attention and, uh, and move forward so that, uh, that that's no longer the case. So. Yeah. Um, so just generally speaking, we, we did talk about this kind of being um, – you know, it's definitely a genetic thing, and I want to get into that too. But do you think for a lot of people there is a certain origination point? Well, I, I mean, I, I think genetics, sure. I, I mean, I, I trust, I'm a person that trusts scientists and devote their life to such things. Um, so if they tell me and they tell the world that genetics play a part, then I absolutely believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, I have family that suffers from mental illness, so it would stand to reason that, that I would be more uh, susceptible to the same. Um, and I also think that for people that are susceptible to mental illness through genetics, um, you know, environment can also have a profound effect uh, on that as well. So if, you know, if you're choosing to deal with these issues in a way that maybe isn't the, I don't want to say the best because we all have to do what we have to do to survive throughout the day. But there are some things that I think we choose some coping mechanisms that, that we choose for mental health issues on our own that can sometimes have a uh, detrimental effect as opposed to what we hope, you know, the exact opposite. Sure, sure. And and I think before we get into the coping mechanisms, it's important to kind of define uh, what you and I are kind of trying to tackle as a topic as mental illness in general. Like, it's not just anything, it's not like PTSD or it's not always Alzheimer's or it's not always, you know, anything crazy like that. But, you know, they're all, it's like a spectrum, right? So, Sure, sure. You know, from my own experience, you know, I suffer from uh, depression. Um, I I used to tell myself and therapists that that I didn't have any anxiety. And then finally I had one therapist tell me that for a person that claims to not have any anxiety, I have a tremendous amount of anxiety. (laughs) Um, So I had to finally self-admit that that on occasion I do have anxiety. that uh, for, for under real, I mean, it's normal for people to have anxiety in, in lots of situations. We're only so human. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, to, when you're having anxiety about 
whether or not the gate on the dumpster is closed, you know, that, that sort of borders into maybe <laughs> things become a little bit of a problem here and there. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's... So yes, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it certainly is a spectrum. Um, well, including... You know, I think that's sort of, especially for men, which, you know, uh, if we're going to sort of focus on mental health when it comes to... Uh, at least, men, pers- yeah, personal experience for us, that's men. My own personal experience, yeah, it... For a long time, I think that, uh, and I, I think a lot of people still think this, that, you know, unless you're at your wit's end, and, unless you're standing on a bridge about to jump, unless you seriously think that you have multiple personalities, unless you are, quote unquote, schizophrenic or crazy or, or whatever you think, it, 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 it takes a lot for people to get help. And I think that if we were more honest about the fact that it is a spectrum. Right. And that's, know, that's I, what it, I wanted it, to it say. Goes, it goes beyond having a bad day. You know, so we all have bad days, but when every day is a bad day for reasons that are ridiculous, then, you know, again, then it, it might need some attention. So, uh, right, right. That's what I was going to say is like expanding that, expanding our definition from, um, like the PTSD and schizophrenia and all that stuff, expanding our definition of mental illness to include that, but to also be able to include anxiety and depression is, I think that's kind of a newer thing. Uh, and uh, you know, becoming more socially accessible, uh, accessible and acceptable like we were talking about how i think our generation or my generation and kids younger than me and around this period are are coming forward and and kind of tackling these things as more of a mental illness as more of a serious thing as opposed to just something that you have to bury bury deep inside of you uh and and kind of just move on because society is like ah you're a man just man up and keep going you know absolutely absolutely i mean i and, and the sooner these issues are addressed, then, you know, the easier it is to be able to deal with them. I mean, that's no matter what issue it is, right? That's the case. So, and and, I, and I'll say, from again, from my experience, and, and given I am from a small town similar to you. Um, Same town, you know, actually. I mean, sure, there was help available. But again, I mean, like, like, we, like we're talking about, you know, the spectrum to include the definition of, of of depression or of anxiety. I mean, the, the, those kinds of words were, were very rarely, if ever, used uh, when I was growing up. And so the fact that, you know, your generation and younger are, are a lot more familiar with these terms, a lot more familiar with these concepts and problems and ideas, uh, is, is gives me tremendous hope going forward that more people don't have to suffer for as long as maybe some people older than them have. Right, right. Yeah, and, and so... I know that you kind of just went into it a little bit more, but I could ask you to dive into almost like how you saw the, the progression from, so what, when were you born, first of all, and then kind of just um, some general mental changes that you've seen over the time. I'm, I'm curious as to your take on that. Sure. So I'm, I'm 42 years young. I was born in 1978. Um, and, you know, I think that even as a younger uh, tween, as, as you kids like to say, uh, you know, I, I, I could feel that I felt things differently, saw things differently. Uh, I, I knew certain things affected me more than uh, than my friends and, and family and, the, and those I was surrounded by. So, you know, I, I started to feel those things early. But, you know, again, oh, so, so you were always a, a jackass or that's just kind of that that came later. <laughs> Uh, the jackass part of myself, I'm okay with. It's oh. the not wanting to be alive or uh, that I wasn't. So okay, okay. sure, uh, sure, I understand. So um, yeah, I started to you know just see and feel things a little differently, and again, as you know, it wasn't even a generational thing, even even as a family thing. And I think there are a lot of families like that. You know, we were encouraged sort of to bury our problems and, and be stoic, 
again from my generation and older generations. You know, like you addressed earlier, you just suck it up and and, and just suck it up. It'll be fine. Suck it up. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it took me way too long to address the problem and certainly had to do what I had to do to get through the day uh, to survive, to make sure that I could have another one. Um, and again, that's unfortunate that, you know, that comes through self-medication. You know, those coping mechanisms come in various forms when you're trying to get through those things and you have no idea that you're experiencing. I mean, one of the biggest problems with, with mental illness and certainly my own personal mental health is, you know, you don't want to, it's very, very difficult to address the fact that you feel like that. Um, especially if you're, you don't fit into that quote unquote box of PTSD. You know, I, I was never a soldier that came back from Iraq. I was never in, right. Well, and, and... Uh, I was never in a plane crash. You know, I wasn't diagnosed bipolar. I never felt schizophrenic. You're right, and uh, and so to come back to like what the perspective that we're talking about is, is it's it's that male kind of and almost you know to to categorize even more and generalize, but like the straight white male perspective where it's like you should have nothing wrong with you, bro. <laughs> like you should yeah. you should be thriving in this world, you know, and and you should be. And, and, uh, and seemingly on paper, that's exactly how it was. I had a ton of friends. I was popular. I went to college. I was middle class, uh, neither upper or lower. <laughs> I think we were in the dead right in the middle class you, you can only um, be cool if you're middle class that's that's the... well i yeah i wasn't so cool when i wore the top gun shoes as opposed to the reebok pumps what well, uh, high but uh, those both sound pretty uh attractive to me but you know we'll... yeah in hindsight i kind of wish i would have kept the top guns but that's okay uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean you know and that's the Wait. thing and I, I think that's what you know prevents a lot of people whether you know uh male female black white brown purple from getting the help that they need is is they they truly think that on paper, you know, they look at their lives and take stock in their lives and think, well, there's nothing wrong with me. I, I have this, I have this, I have this, I have this. But, you know, mental health is not an external thing. Right. Um, it's, it's a very, very internal thing. And if you continue to look for happiness and uh, a purpose in life out of external things, then you're going to continue to suffer. Right. Um, and I think until I was able to, you know, to deal with those internal issues. Uh, yeah. The point, the point that we were talking about last time was when we were talking about the subject is like even uh, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain had the greatest job that show business ever produced. This nigga flew around the world <laughs> and ate delicious meals with outstanding people. That man with that job hung himself in a luxury suite in France. Even that dude killed himself. You know, like Robin Williams, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and, and you know, and, and you know, Tony Bourdain's a great example for me personally because I, I emulate. I mean, I idolized that guy. Oh, that true, guy had a life yeah. that, that seemed like a dream to me. Mm -hmm. um, and and you never know somebody struggles, and, and yeah, he's he's a wonderful example of that. Um, you know, and even myself, I. I have been in some, some therapy and some group therapy and some extensive outpatient therapy. And there were people that, that I met that were mystified that I needed help. Uh, and that's the thing is you, you just never know somebody's struggle, but the important part is for that person to know their struggle because that's when the healing begins. Right. So how, how did that process kind of start for you? Cause I know that's still a fairly recent thing and we don't have to get into anything super deep if you don't want to, but well, no, it was it was prior to my recent experiences. I, I I got to the point after dropping out of college, after realizing that I was uh, abusing alcohol too much and, and having some problems with that as a young man, and realizing that you know things weren't adding up quite like I wanted to in life, and that um, that there had to be a, a bigger issue than that I was presented with. So 
wrestling um, voluntarily and started to explore those ideas. And it was about what very age? Superficial, very superficial at first. But again, I was on that road in my 20s and 30s. But it wasn't until uh, within the last five years that, that I really uh, sought the help that, that I truly needed and, and had been able to sort of alter how my life uh, what was going. So. Sure, sure. And, and so starting out, was there something that, uh, like you said, in the past five years that was that, that kind of was like the first big realization or the big step towards that end goal of kind of tackling this whole thing? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I got to the point where I, I wasn't my wit's end. I, I was completely hopeless. I was um, absolutely and utterly hopeless, did not want to be alive anymore, couldn't figure out why, but the one thing that I did know for sure is that uh, I had lost all hope. I had truly lost all hope in everything and, and did not want to be here anymore. And um, thankfully and gratefully, um, that idea, that thought, that awful, horrible thought that no, nobody should ever have to feel, uh, um, that, that's, a, that's a thought that I, I pray and hope, I don't pray, forgive me, um, but I, I, <laughs> I, I hope that nobody ever has to feel like that because it's, it's truly awful and, and indescribable. Um, but that's where I was. And, uh, gratefully, I was able to get through that and, and, again, get the help that I needed. But a lot of people get to that point and something really awful happens, uh, whether they take their own life or whether they uh, even take somebody acc- else's. accidentally take their own life because they're coping in a different way or whether they take it out on somebody else. Right. Well, I mean, look at look at all the of, look at all the kids in, in high school now before the whole COVID thing. And now that things are opening back up, they're still feeling these feelings that they think they're supposed to be repressing and um, don't know how to channel it and go in and murder a bunch of kids at a school or uh, even go beat up, like, you know, take out their their hatred and they don't, they don't know where to put it. So they, they put it on a certain group or a certain people that they can try to pin their blame on, you know, and, and then it, it really needs to, to further be addressed. So that way, you know, they they know how to how to manage it. Uh, like the rest of us. Exactly. I mean, you know, again, and, and whether you're going to go to the, those extremes or you're going to go to your own personal extremes and take your own life, whether it's one or the other, the, the sooner it, it, we don't want it to get to that point. Right. And, and it's unfortunate because of the scary, because not stereotypes, because of the expectations in this country of or our society of, of certain people and certain things, it, it, it it's much more common for it to get to that point than to actually get the help prior to because it's just, just especially again I, I do believe it's a generational thing unfortunately but you know going forward I, I, I'm glad that the conversation is getting easier um, because it is very confusing you know when you look at social media every now and then there'll be somebody that we champion right you know there was the, the tall unfunny guy from Saturday Night Live that went and got help for his addiction and we champion that right we, we retweet and we like and we love oh good luck tall unfunny guy I hope you work it out <laughs> but for every one of those guys how many thousands of other people that suffer and get the help don't get the same and maybe they don't want that attention mm-hmm. but it, it, the more and more that we make it okay to talk about that at least there's that idea that we can come forward and be honest with ourselves and in turn honest with the people that we care about to get the help that, that people need. Um, but it's just, it, it remains extremely confusing as a society, whether we should get help or we should, uh, it, it just, it, it's, it's profoundly confusing. If, if you look at it as 
a cultural idea, an, mm-hmm. an American cultural well, idea. Well, because yeah. now almost, you know, what the what the society has done to that idea, now, like you're saying, it has become more of an, an easier conversation to have. However, now it's divided into, well, you have this conversation and you're in support of one side, whereas... You know, you, you know it, it's almost dividing that, like, if you get help, then you're a bitch. <laughs> or you're like, uh, you know, even if you want to, not that everything's uh, political now, but in a, in a term like, oh, you're if you're going to go get help and go cry to somebody, you're super liberal now or something, you know? And, and, sure, I, there, there are certainly political connotations in that, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, but beyond that, you know, again, it's, it's a cultural thing. I think that it's just, it's very confusing. And, and again, like that, yes, it's very confusing. You know, we... We think people that go get help uh, are weak uh, sometimes, but then we also think that when it's a celebrity or it's an athlete or it's somebody in, in the public image, then it's noble. Oh, oh, they're so strong and brave. Right. Oh, they're so strong and brave. She is stunning and brave. <laughs> but you know, I, I have no doubt there are people in in my life that have heard that I've got help that think that don't think I'm brave at all. They think, well, that's thank God. <laughs> he was, you know. That asshole, that's that was a long time coming. That guy's been a son of a bitch for decades. So, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it's perspective is a lot of it, and I think um, public perspective is a lot of it when it comes to that. But again, social media isn't real life, and, and social media, unfortunately, plays is playing a huge hand in a lot of people's mental health right now. And that's, I mean, we don't need more problems when it comes to mental health, that's for sure. Right, uh, well, and, and, and I think the thing that, that can kind of set a mental health fit off or something that really plays more into that idea of that illness is the ego right and and so i mean that's yeah the ego has always existed and as as mental illness like we're talking about but i think the social medias are the things that are that's just all ego at least if if you're not trained or knowledgeable on how to use it as a tool or how to use it as like entertainment like like these kids growing up with it, you're, nobody tells them how to use social media, right? You kind of just do it, and Absolutely. and when it happens that way, it, it makes way for the wrong thing to happen with these kids and the, them to take the things like like you said, it's not real life. But when that's all, when nobody tells you it's not real life, and you're born with it, and everybody else around you sees it as real life, then it becomes it, all ego and all that is because it's not, I don't know. It's so to, to, to have that being such a growing factor within these young kids that don't know what to do with it. There's no way it's not going to cause some mental health issues. Sure. I mean, you know, we generationally, again, we had similar things. It, um, you know, that there were certainly, there were ways to be very brutal without social media. Um, so I, I think that, you know, every generation has those. It's just unfortunate that yours is, uh, very recordable <laughs> that, um, and very open to, to for everyone to see, you know, but, you know, again, and, and, you know, when it comes to the ego thing, you know, that can also maybe help the journey because, you know, if you're so, if you're so wrapped up in social media and you're so wrapped up in your own ego, you know, maybe somebody out there will see something and, and, and say something. Uh, I mean, you know, that's, that's what you want to hope for, but uh, you also can't count on someone to, to, stepped in and, and you know life isn't an after school special you know this isn't uh, Riverdale no, no one's going to have a 
an intervention for you. You know, I mean, I'm sure people do. Maybe I just needed better friends over the years. But I, I, no one's going to step in and go, "Hey, man, you seem real blue lately. Is everything okay?" Here's the name of a good therapist. I, no, no one's going to do that. That's just not. That is not most people's reality. And so, for people to find their personal truth when it comes to any sort of struggle, that that. That has to be okay. That has to be encouraged. Right. And, and, it, and it doesn't matter if, if you're the richest person in, her, in the world, blonde hair, blue eye, whatever. It doesn't matter. If, if you feel something is off and something is wrong and you need help, then go get it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, 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 and that, I, I just, for, for, my, for me personally, I, I, the more help that, that, that is available and the, the better conversation we can have about these issues, uh, the better. Sure. No, absolutely. But but what I wanted to ask you is where kind of you think that line is, because at some point, not every day is going to be the best day, right? Not every day is going to be, oh, you wake up and you feel great, right? You, you do have shitty days in general, even without mental illness. But uh, what point do you start to to realize that it's not just a phase or it's just not a period in your life and that you actually need to start doing something about it? Well, I think when, when you have, you know, you can sort of take stock, uh, you know, in there and say, okay, things are a little, I mean, there's a difference between having a bad day because you're stubbed your toe and you get stuck in traffic and your boss is a jerk and, and your milk is sour when you get home and you can't make that macaroni and cheese. You know, that's a bad day. Those, those happen. Mm-hmm. But when you go through a day that's not similar to that, when you go through a day well where you have milk in your fridge where you have you catch every green light on the way to work where the air smells sweet in the morning you have those days and you still feel hopeless you still feel lost you still feel like something's off right it's almost cut with that cynicism stringing those days together you start stringing those months together you start stringing those years together Mm -hmm. then it becomes evident hopefully you know to your personal self that something is wrong and, and you need to do something you know and again for a lot of people it requires external circumstances for them to realize that they're doing something wrong. They become addicted to drugs or alcohol. They lose friends. They lose family. They struggle in school. They struggle at work. They can't hold a job. I mean, when you when it starts to affect your affect your life externally like that, it's much easier to say, "Oh, okay, shit, something's wrong." Right. But you know, when everything is uh, when everything is sunny, it, then it's much more difficult to to figure that out. So. Sure. So, uh, so you know, to be honest with you, there, there is no, there is no black and white or right or wrong answer mm-hmm. to, to that. It's because everybody's struggle is different. Sure, you know? sure, um, sure. So, I, I, so from here, I kind of want to pivot just because I feel like you said we've we've kind of dove into that struggle and everything, but I kind of want to pivot off of going into maybe you know, what worked for you? Like you said, everybody's struggle is different. So what was one of the, you know, to, to start out with, what kind of made you have that realization? Like you said, it, it, at first you have to come to that realization that after years and years or things that are impeding your lifestyle are actually doing that and, and taking that effect. What was, you know, what's that first step? And then kind of there building off of that, you know, what helps you continue to get better and, and kind of deal with this thing? Well, for me, it was, I mean, I, I had made an unfortunate life choice, uh, and I was able to get through it, And but that led me to professional help, uh, so that led me to speak to a therapist, it, it led me to some group therapy, uh, it led me to uh, begin to take some medication, 
Uh, so I take an antidepressant, which is something that for years I rejected. Uh, I, I, I was very adamant that an over-the-counter antidepressant would change my personality, and then I would go drink a bottle of whiskey mm. and pretend that that didn't change my personality. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and anyone, anyone that was around me after drinking said bottle of whiskey will fully admit that my personality was altered slightly, yes. <laughs> slightly, um, just a little bit. Just, just a tad. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, so those of, of those three, you know, you, you said therapy, group therapy, and antidepressant medication. I would like to kind of dive into each of those, but, you know, it sounds like you already kind of got into well, the antidepressant for, for me, to start out with. For my own personal success and, and, for, and I, for, I think success in general when it comes to mental health, those don't exist without one another. You know, I, I firmly believe that if I would have sought help through a therapist, they would have given me some sort of antidepressant pill and I would have went on my merry way without the therapy, without knowing what work I had to do and think that everything was going to be just fine. There's no way I would be successful. I would have been right back to square one. Sure. So uh, I, I firmly believe that one doesn't exist without the other because certainly through therapy, whether it's group or individual, you learn that there are other ways to cope with the problems, that it's okay to admit that you have these issues, that it's not that I can't drink. It's that I can stop doing something that's so detrimental to my own personal health. So it's it's a way you learn from these professionals a, a different way of looking at things. When it I mean, for my whole life, I looked at myself as pessimistic, that I was broken, that I was lost, that I was never going to be able to get any better. And I know for a fact I'm not the only person that feels that way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is when you get to that point where you're that lonely and you act that drastic when it comes – to, to any sort of personal uh, uh, mental health, it becomes that tipping point right there where, okay, I've, I, he, here I am either. I, I can't continue this because something bad's going to happen. So uh, again, it, you know, back to the coping mechanisms, uh, it, you learn that there are other ways to deal with these things. And, and that's extremely important because either you're not dealing with them or you're dealing with them in, in maybe a way that's not the healthiest. Uh, and, and there's kind of no middle ground in, until you're able to sort of learn that it's okay to feel like this and it's, and the, and you really need to search for things that truly make you happy. And so was uh, that what they, what kind of that, that, that pivot was, you know, replacing that, that coping mechanism with, um, something that progresses your, your happiness or your, I mean, well, even it's, just it's the, very normal for, you know, for lessening the feeling mental, of shit for, every day. For people with mental health issues, it, it's, it's very normal to, have addiction issues and and we tend to get addicted to things that take us away from how we feel you know people get addicted to gambling because there's nothing like when your horse comes in when your horse comes in it's 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 the greatest euphoria you've ever you've ever felt similar to when you do hard drugs similar to when you're you know doing shots of tequila these all all of these things uh, shopping sex attention seeking social media relationships bullying tiktoking tiktoking all of these things take us away from the reality that, God, I hate it here. I feel like shit. I look like shit. I don't want to be here. I have no hope for anything. That's why we, we tend to get addicted to these these sorts of things because they take us away. We want to go away from these thoughts, these feelings. But it's not until you address those feelings that you're able to actually heal and move forward. You, you, you have to address those feelings and say, okay, I feel like shit. And I, I don't want to go away from that. I have to stay here and feel like this because going away from it didn't do anything except prolong it. Mm-hmm. Prolong this fact that I'm still here with this. 
So mm. until I got to that point where I, I admitted that, that's when you start to heal. That's when you learn that you don't need to be taken away by these things, that, that you can address them and you can move forward and you can stay grounded. And and, and that's where you find you start to find gratitude. And, and when you start to find gratitude about everyday life, that that's, that's when the mental health healing begins because – there's for everyone there are reasons to be grateful to be standing on this earth and and once you start to go down that path it becomes much easier to be okay with being here so yeah it's almost like a a facet of hope you know how you, you like before the problem uh well part of the problem you said was that there was just no hope in anything at all and i hope that uh it's funny you know, I hope that you still have no hope in our generation because I'm really trying to get you to that point where, <laughs> where I don't want you to believe in me at all. But, uh, but the gratitude route almost in your mind of, of, of following the hope through just the little things, the, the hope that, oh, maybe, maybe today I'll get to see a pretty flower <laughs> or maybe I'll get a really ripe grapefruit. I never tried a grapefruit by itself. <laughs> and now you're just a nigga peeling, like eating the grapefruit, and you're like, this is nice. With sugar in it. And you're like, why is this nicer than my Ferrari? Or I'll get just like a baked potato that takes only 30 minutes to cook instead of 45 minutes, you know? It, it, it just, I think, I think it's almost a facet of happiness in itself. Um, being appreciative of, of the little things like that in general. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I mean, there's, that's, that's why there's that cliche, the little things. I mean, little things in life, yes, that, that's why that cliche exists. Right. Um, but again, you're, you're unable to relish in the little things. You're unable to relish in the big things in life when you are so depressed that you, that you can't see straight. I, I mean, that, that's, you're incapable of, of, of enjoying either, of truly enjoying either. Right. Um, and, and again, that's where those sort of evil coping mechanisms, you know, come into play because you think that, I mean, for, for years of my life, I, I was the loneliest guy in the room, but I was in a room with hundreds of people. Lonely, lonely, lonely. The, so, so what did the, the antidepressants, I'm curious as to what effect they actually had on you, because like you said, a lot of people hear the word antidepressants and medication and just kind of think, eh, I don't want to do that. That sounds unnatural. It sounds yeah, just weird, and, and I don't want to be one of those guys that has to take pills for that all the time. What what did that actually make you feel, and how did that play into the whole um, rehabilitation and, and growth process for you? Sure. Um, you know, I, I, can't, I can't give you a, an example of that it made me feel any different. I, I mean, I, again, I'm a firm believer that one doesn't exist without the other. If I would have taken the pill and run for the hills and not continue to seek help, I, 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 there's no way I would be feeling the way I feel now. I, I mean, you, you can't expect to take a pill and have this profound change. That, 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 I, I, I believe that, that that's not how you deal with it. It's, you have to I, take... I, I, I believe, you know, when these people tell me this pill's going to help my brain chemistry because my brain works a little differently from other people's that don't have to suffer and don't feel hopeless, okay, sure, man. I believe you. <laughs> I just same as I believe other doctors when they say, "Oh, you sprained your ankle. Okay, we're going to do this, this, and this to fix it." Mm-hmm. Cool, man. I have no idea. I couldn't figure that out on my own. So thank you very much for your help. Right. Exact same way here. I, it got to the point where I, I I didn't have a choice. I had to be less stubborn and say, "Okay, you're the expert. If, if you say this, I'm going to give it a whirl." Because when you lose all hope, you'll, you'll do just about anything to get that hope back if if you want it. If you truly want it. And so I, I, I tried it. And again, I I can't pinpoint, I don't know. 
it, at this point it might be a water pill. I have no idea. Hmm. Um, but I still take it. It had no adverse side effects for me. And um, I don't count on it to make me happy. I, I count on myself to make me happy. And um, again, those are things that I learned not through taking the pill, but through other means. Yeah. Can I can I ask what some of those uh, those new means are? Is it still comedy? Is it still uh, you know? Well, again, I, I mean, again, it's, it's finding what you love, uh, and it's it's you're able to be honest with yourself. It, it, it for me personally, yeah, sure, it's uh, culture, art, uh, films, television, books, literature, uh, gardening, yoga. The ice cream parlor. I, I, I got a phosphates. Little dog last year. I mean, there 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 are lots of wonderful parts of my life that that I, I'm now able to enjoy. Pa- patty melts. Patty melts. Yeah. Grilled cheese. Uh, no, I do not enjoy patty melts. <laughs> um, I, uh, well, I've made one too many patty, patty melts in my life to uh, to enjoy one. Thank you. Right. Right. Uh, no, that that's that, that definitely makes sense. So well, ground beef's not good for you, bro. Your generation should know that at least by now. <laughs> no, no, no. Obviously, obviously, it's it's more about just drinking the grease. That's really my favorite part of the, of the entire process. That really kind of helps me cope with everything uh, going on. Hey, Frank Sinatra said it best: "Whatever gets you through the day." <laughs> right. You know. Uh, right. But but you know, again, when when some of those things that help get you through the day start to affect uh, your own personal health or, or the health and wealth of others, then they need to be addressed. So. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, if, if there's one big takeaway from this very rambling discussion of mental health, I, I, I would just encourage any any of your five and a half listeners to, if, if, if you are feeling a little hopeless, if you are, if it goes beyond having a bad day, it, we all know our personal truths. Where, whether we admit them or not, we still know them. We really do. I know that sounds ridiculous to say out loud, but it's true. And, and if in, deep down inside you know you need help, Please go get it because I, of all of the people on earth, I never thought I'd get to this point where I would get help and feel this way. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. And I'm also here to tell you that help is available. No matter what kind of help you want, if, if you want help, if you want group therapy, if you want a Zoom therapy, if you want anonymous therapy, if you want, I, there's, there is help of all kinds available. And so I would encourage everyone, to, if you think you need it, to seek that help out because it's out there. It, it truly is out there if you want it. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's the, the the best message that I mean that's that's really what the point of this conversation and and in general just kind of getting that message out there like you're saying easing that conversation making people more aware of the fact that there is help available and that you shouldn't be ashamed to go get help, you know. No. No, because <laughs> Because listen, if if you if you feel like shame is going to get in the way, or you feel stupid, or you don't feel manly enough to go get help, I you know feeling a little bit of shame for doing it is a lot better than being six feet under the ground, you know. And and I know for me personally, again, that ego got my ego got in the way for a long time, and that you know you brought that up earlier. And uh, but if I would have continued to let that get in the way. I'm more than confident that something truly awful in my life would have happened that, that I might not have been able to recover from. So we just, as individuals, you, you, you don't want to get to that point. Right. Uh, and, and, the, and the thing is, is you don't have to. You know, you don't have to let it get to that point. You don't have to become so hopeless that you want to jump off a bridge, that there is help available. You are not alone. You are not alone. I mean, I cannot stress that enough. You are not alone if you are struggling. Hmm. 
Amen, man. <laughs> amen. <laughs> they say you don't pray, but I think amen is, is an acceptable word to, to use, whether you pray or not. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up, man. That's that's the, the main message that, that we were kind of chipping at this whole time. I don't yeah, know if, yeah. you, if you had any other words or any other pieces of, of No, I, I, just, I, I want to thank you for, uh, for having me on. I want to thank you for, uh, you know, being able to discuss this topic. I mean, I, you know, I will say... Uh, for me, and it really has nothing to do with being a, 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 a man or a white male or a middle-aged white male or whatever. This isn't the easiest thing to discuss. And, and, I, and I think that is maybe something that we didn't touch on is that another reason why people struggle so much is because this stuff is not easy to talk about. It's not. Um, and if we make it easier, then I, I, I just I hope and I think that it'll be that much easier for people to, to be able to get help. Because it's just, these are things that don't necessarily need to plague us, you know. And I, I think that's, again, what at this point in my life, in hindsight, has been frustrating. But hindsight's always twenty ten, you know. But um, it is frustrating knowing that, that help was available for so many years, you know. And may, maybe I could have figured it out, it, but, yeah, beforehand. Right? But uh, but I, I stay present, uh, and, and I'm here. And uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm able to look at the things, look at life the way that I do now, because I am extremely grateful for a lot of things. Sure, sure. All that, all that time, it it would have been nice to get help during that period, but I think it makes this point in your life you have a little bit more gratitude than than maybe you would have if you got help too soon or. Uh, you know, it, 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 everything, not everything happens for a reason, but there is a point where it's like, all right, this is happening now, and you have to factor in, while there may have been some years you could have got help earlier or before, that that somehow is going to play in further to how you feel from here and moving forward. So, yeah, and I agree, and, and, and I can agree with that today, again, because because of all the work that I have done and, and because of the things that I understand today, I can sit here and speak to you and, and want to be alive. Right. And um, and and not hate myself, not hate my existence, and well, and again, find find beauty and, and gratitude in those little things, and um, and I know there are people out there that aren't that, that are struggling to do that. So um, I, I just want to say that it, it, anything is possible when it comes to mental health, and you have to be open and willing to to be able to move forward with that. So sure, absolutely. All right. Wait, well, wait. I, I have one more. Pro, I have one more profound thing to say. Okay, sure. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Anyways, Trevor, I do appreciate you coming out here. Um, My pleasure, man. Uh, and yeah. So hey, everybody out there, be well. And uh, yeah, enjoy. Party McFly. Party McFly. Trilly Ray Cyrus. It's my busy season. Oh my gosh, I am fangirling so hard that I got him on my podcast. Uh, but really, though, I am glad that you know we finally made the effort to get him on here, even if it is over the phone. Uh, I think it's more about the content at this point, and you know I hope you can realize that coming through all that. And 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 honestly, this has been the most I want to say most big mouth type. Uh, episode that I've had because because it is you know it's covering serious topics like we talk about some serious things but again we both have that background in comedy so I think it works really well in getting that message across but also keeping at least me engaged and uh, you know hopefully you all as well uh, and hopefully you know if you are experiencing some troubles like that then this helped you kind of 
accept that, open up about it a little bit, and you know, maybe you want to reach out to somebody. Maybe you want to reach out to me. Uh, probably not. Nobody reaches out to me, but that's just you know, that's not a, your business. <laughs> um, anyways, as always, I appreciate you listening. I hope you got at least something out of this podcast episode, and I hope you have a nice week. All right, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Love you, Amen. Okay, bye. Hey. Yeah, yeah, hit it, hit it, hit it. Whoa.